Sometimes in life, you find yourself on the right side of the line. I find it strange that we as men are so comfortable with the fact that we have nipples. Are you in a prison rec room? That's why I call my baby Maxwell House. If you drink blood every day, can you donate more often? Live from Texas, this is the Dryline Farmer Podcast. Hear that? It's Brent and Landon, and this is the Dryline Farmer Podcast. Yes, we are back with the Dryline Farmer Podcast. Landon, it's um, you know, there's worse places to live than the Texas Panhandle. I mean, there's better, but there's certainly worse. And I mean, they look pretty. First of all, are you doing okay? I'm doing okay. okay. okay hush, hush. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all had to be there for that. No. <laughs> But uh, no, Landon, it's good to see you again. Um, we were so last week we were up at the National Junior Angus Show, and it's a it was a good time had by all that were inside because that uh, I didn't realize it was that low or close to sea level. It was for it's like 400 feet, and we're literally 10 times that where I, we farm. And um, we uh, we finally figured out how all those cattle died overnight because it was so blanking hot. So um, fortunately, the uh, Kansas City American Royal facility was built 60 years ago, but they did have air conditioning. And it's a two-story facility for the cattle. So every morning and every night when you're tying out your calves, you got to go up this big, long ramp because we were on the second floor. And um, we were the, about the best place to be. I mean, it was the coolest level. The bottom level was, I mean, it was tolerable but that's about it like you thought at the end of the afternoon it was going to be raining inside the uh, cattle stalls because it was just so freaking humid and hot of course everybody's got you know their four five hundred dollar fans and there's a ten thousand of those blowing and going and you need every last one of them but um and all their eighty thousand dollar cows <laughs> yeah well not ours <laughs> but um no there's a i don't know if the three hundred thousand dollar heifer was there but um are you serious yeah but i mean it does make a little more sense with a heifer a breeding stock than a steer or a barrow because i mean at least you if you sell a grand champion out of it every single year for its entire lifespan you might get your money back but um it's uh that might yeah be, that might be one time i would pay 40 dollars for a steak yeah yeah so well, you're doing that now. If it came from a three hundred thousand dollar cow, yeah. Well, you you wouldn't be getting it from that cow. You'd be getting it from <laughs> its offspring or something. But um, no, I I've said this a thousand times since I've been back home. I said I said, man, Kansas, southeastern Kansas, western Missouri, that would be a great place to farm if you didn't have to go outside, because they got dry land corn that looks irrigated. They got soybeans that look irrigated. And it's pretty much all dry land, and uh, they're tasseling out, no pivots. I mean, there's a little bit of, I think, I didn't see one pivot. Uh, we drove up from Amarillo to Oklahoma City up to Wichita through the Flint Hills, 
you get to the Flint Hills and it's just miles and miles of nothing but rolling green grass that's six, seven inches tall, but you have to roll the window down. Of course, from what I've noticed, all you have you don't hardly have to go outside once you have your corn planted because there's really nothing else to do. Maybe you spray it once to lay it by with atrazine. You know, atrazine, so, Landon, that's one of the best inventions that they ever did make. See? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's here's a dumb question, but try to keep it, you know, as a rolling as a farming podcast here for a few minutes. So these places that they don't have to irrigate, do they do they still have good water? I mean, if probably irrigate. So of course. Th- one thing about Kansas is I think it's next to impossible to drill a well just because of the regulations. Like it's, I don't yeah, know what it, I don't know what it takes. Huh? Throw all that red tape out. Like yeah. If, if, if you just wanted to, is, is there good water there? It, it, I don't know. I think there is. Of course, I mean, when it rains and you've got, you've got, you know, rivers and creeks that are always running that are, you know, replenishing the aquifer. I think they do, but um, like I said, uh, of course, like we said, they don't need it. But um, I think that at least Kansas, I know, it's pretty hard to get a well dug. I mean, like next to impossible, I think. I don't I know. Was, if- I, I was talking to our, one of our brokers one time. This is back when I still farmed. And yeah, I think it was in 2011. And we were talking about how dry it was. And he was like, he's like, how do you keep up with your water? And I was like, well, you just never shut off. And he's like, so you just water all day, every day? All day, like, <laughs> like, like, no, you water nonstop. He's like, y'all are allowed to water at night. What? Like, Where's this guy from? I guess Kansas. And I was oh. like, I was like, hell yeah! It's like if we shut off during the night, we wouldn't. You'd we'd always, be, yeah, you'd burn we'd up. We'd be climbing it up next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would. Hours a day, cut it. I would think uh, they would only want if they're going to only allow you to go twelve hours a day. You'd want it to that, be during yeah. the night. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. And I was like, man, if you're going to regulate it for 12 hours, you think you'd want to water it. Of course, when their their evaporation is about 4% versus 40% here, you know, it doesn't really <laughs> matter. Plus the, plus the government guys that keep track of that, they're not going to get up in the middle of the night and check it. No, the no, they're not. <laughs> They They're got getting, they got the freaking shit about evaporation. <laughs> some of them still got the damn sprinkler heads on top of the sprinklers instead of drops oh. down to the ground. Which I don't care if you got almost. I mean, I guess it's obviously cheaper, but you still got to figure you're losing a little bit. Maybe or not. Maybe it's just that damn humid that your evaporation levels are just non-existent. Because of, oh, I know. so we um, we get an email a couple times a week from our this guy that does the fertilizer program for us, and he always has the pan evaporation. And I think for the growing season, we're up to like seventy inches or something of pan evaporation, and we've had, you know, like here we've had what f- almost four inches of moisture this year, and we've had seventy inches of pan evaporation. So, um, and it's fixing to get really pleasant during tasseling because it's going to be a hundred degrees almost every single day. So it was actually pretty damn humid here today. It was like twenty five percent. I thought it was gonna, man. I thought it was gonna break off and germinate some corn in the head or something. It was so damn wet, but uh, it didn't. It was kind of sad, but um, no. So anyway, yeah, the Ameri- National Junior Angus Show was a pretty good deal. We um, sweat our asses off every time we went outside. I played golf one morning in a scramble they had greenest course I've ever been on in my life. And I've been on some pretty not. I mean, this was and this is a public course. This is not like some fancy private course. Probably six blind tee shots due to either trees or hills or the haze from the humidity. 
But um, no, and the narrowest tee shot. I mean, these were almost shoots you were hitting out of. It was a pretty unbelievable. But um, it was uh, yeah, there wasn't a brown spot one anywhere, and you could tell. I mean, the damn cart pass. They're all concrete. Of course, half of them have been washed out because of all the freaking rains and everything they get on a normal basis. But um, fortunately, we started at seven thirty, and it was uh, pretty tolerable for the most part until you know you'd have a cloud most of the time covering up. But once that wind died which was most of the time and the sun came out you would start sweating like a crackhead trying to get his amounts right but um (laughs) it was uh yeah beautiful place to look out the window at but i just i'm not built for that humidity man i'll take the wind any day even though we're all going to be dry land here in a few years but um pretty good time so landon did you miss me did uh you want to talk anything about the markets have you had any more panic selling or is everybody 110 percent sold I think everybody's so pissed off they're just gonna ride it out one way or the other. <laughs> Sounds like a George Costanzaism to me. So um Yeah. Luckily luckily at this point in my life I haven't lost any more hair over it. So Yeah. Well I'm I, I'm gonna catch up to you at some point. I don't know when it's gonna then, be. It's gonna be sooner than later. How many how many times as a farmer in your life have, have you asked a broker what the market's gonna do? I I don't put it that way. Because I'm a trader myself, and I know that's such. Well, that's the only way. That's the only way I'm asking. Yet, so so not very often. No, I've been in my life <laughs> at Herford at Herford Drain. I've probably been asked that question twelve thousand times. Twelve thousand times. <laughs> my answer is always the same. I mean, I have like three answers. It's either I don't know, or it's going to go up and down, or you know, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you really can't tell them anything, can you? Your opinion, Here, or here's how this works. Okay, if you give them if you give them advice, and it goes up. If, if your advice is good, uh-huh, they get yeah. all the credit. They, they get all the credit yeah, for it. But yeah, if you yeah. give them advice and it burns them, you get all the credit for that. Yeah, uh huh. It's, yeah. it's loose. Every um every success um has a thousand sons, and every failure is an orphan, right? No, I uh I mean I've traded for what twenty plus years now. I don't think I've ever chewed out my broker once because I know in the end it's still my decision in right. the end. So um, I know the risk. Every time, uh, they they don't ever answer the phone and hello. They always say, the risk of trading commodities is substantial. Please use only risk capital when trying to trade. <laughs> so And then they'll say hello. And I've only known the right. people for 20 years. So <laughs> it's um, it's one of those deals. Speaking of that, I had a nice talk with our friend Casey Seymour in the Moving Iron Podcast this morning. We talked markets. I was his substitute market analyst. He didn't call me that. He just called me an asshole. But I was the <laughs> interim market. I was the interim market analyst for the Moving Iron Podcast this morning. So um, Landon just had somebody with Tourette's in the background, so he muted his microphone. So now I can say pretty much anything I want. But. Um, no, it's been pretty uh been pretty wild in the old uh, grain markets this week, Landon. We've come off what over a dollar in the corn. We've come off not that soybeans affect us any, but it's come off three or four dollars and wheat's come off hard and the worst thing really affected me now, since I don't have any protection here is the cotton, but the cotton is so freaking hard to price that you can't even get a, they wouldn't even give you a contract back when it was at a dollar twenty. So it's um the uh, cotton people are pretty aggravating to say the least. Um I'm still, I said this this morning, but I'm just amazed. The reason, one of the reasons I say, you know, cotton is so susceptible to whatever the dollar does, but the market for 
the size of the crop or the market instrument, you whatever you want to call it, it's so thin for the size of the market because, I mean, cotton is textiles, and I would think textiles is a pretty large deal, but the uh, the volume in the cotton market is just so thin for what it should be. I mean, the sugar market is higher, than, uh, got more volume in it than the cotton market does, but... Um, how do Are you getting your heat units this year, Brent? Uh, yes. I sweated them all out at Kansas, so I'm getting them back here when I came back down here because... How much uh, weight did you lose during that stock show? Shit, I gained about five pounds, man. <laughs> That's all you do is eat and drink beer. <laughs> after that, after that eighth Frito pie. <laughs> yeah, no, hell no. So, yeah, we we had a Cheesecake Factory one night. God, that place is great. Oh, the food's so good. And then there's like 15 pages of food of menu to go through, and everybody ends up getting hamburgers, you know, that kind of thing. So, no, I probably, whatever I lost, I gained it back in the last four days being back home. So, um, yeah, we're so we're kind of that's the we're kind of getting into those July doldrums. Basically, we're just keeping sprinklers going. All the weeds are are killed as well as they're going to be killed. <laughs> we've pretty much vaccinated every pigweed we found for next year. <laughs> so it's you give them their booster. <laughs> we, we pretty yep, it's exactly what we did. Our our, our uh, uh, pigweeds are triple vaxxed. They've already had the disease once, and they're boosted three times. So uh, basically, we have got a whole covid vaccination program on our big pigweeds going on um, because we've thrown everything in the world at them and we stopped them from growing i think but we didn't we didn't just kill them like we used to i mean they're yeah it's easier to kill now that we figured it out you could you couldn't kill them after they had natural immunity yeah (laughs) yeah 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 so the um the the death rate on pigweeds now is uh, the mortality rate's only like five percent now, the infection rate from dicamba is 90% on the vaccinated weeds, but they won't die. The symptoms are a whole lot they're a whole lot easier on pigweeds uh, now that they've been triple vaxxed. They just don't die, but they're more susceptible to getting the dicamba. And I did find some 2,4-D damage in my cotton field this morning, so thanks a lot, assholes. But Because um, <laughs> it's not 2,4-D it's not cotton, it's just dicamba cotton, so... Um, Anyway, that's just kind of one of the things you got to roll with. As long as it's not a absolute nuke, uh, or not, it doesn't take that's not the threshold. The threshold's way below nuke, but if it's, I mean, you're always going to get it sniffed off from somewhere. So, um, Landon just looked like he was trying to pinch one off there. He's opened up a bottle or something, or he got a paper cut. But oh, just uh, another beer. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I don't know how the hell do we get to talk about farming. And this is like our biggest farm podcast ever. I know, right? So, um, so that's I guess that's one thing you don't have to deal with at the co-op because if you're a cotton farmer, that's that the number one bitch is getting two four D damage. I know a few folks that really get pretty hot about it. And my very first year of farming, I didn't get two four D damage. I got a nuke right next. Uh, somebody sprayed uh, grass right next to me, and it nuked two of my fields, two of my neighbors' fields. And ended up going to a litigation, but um, those records, are, <laughs> uh, like literally. So um, then you and then you put up a random telephone pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a different asshole. <laughs> uh, uh, someday we'll have to get you to tell that story. But um, um, when when we go when we get syndicated, Landon, I'll put that. It'll be our our be a good one. Um, first episode that we crack out there, but um. Now, so that what what is the biggest complaint that you have to field? Do you have a common complaint you have to field? 
Well, it's kind of weird. Like every time the market is is more it's, than it's probably all market complaints then, right? I wish. Oh, no. Usually, like if the market's down more than four and a half cents, then it's it's all my fault. And if it's down 30, 30 cents, it's it's really all my fault. Mm-hmm. Like like why is this why is this going? Why didn't you call me at two in the morning and tell me to sell? I mean, oh god. I mean, it's just. I mean, because I'm not farmers, your I'm not your broker for one thing. Yeah. Right, I'm not even licensed to do anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just put hedges in when you tell me. But yeah, right. No, like, I mean, it. Far- farmers are funny people on a lot of things. You don't say, Landon. One of my one of my favorite like like drawing like comic comic strips of all uh-huh. time. It's a picture of a farmer, and he's got this hat on his head that looks like a grain elevator. It's just tall as can be, and you know, his wife's looking at him like he's an idiot, and. Underneath, it just says, well, they were giving them away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I, I think what today was the first day. Did you see that um, Matrix meme for farmers somebody made? The blue, oh, pill, wow. the blue pill and the red pill? <laughs> no. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't guess I uh, liked it or whatever. Anyway, so in the first frame, it's got Morpheus. And he's like, he's, he's holding the red pill. Or no, what is he? He's holding the blue pill, and the in the text above it says, um, "Take this pill, and you'll and you'll be able to live a life you've always dreamed of." And then the next frame, it has the red pill. It's like, "Take this pill, and you'll uh, have a job that you'll want to shorten your life by thirty years by running yourself over with a tractor." <laughs> and and the then the final frame is, "All farmers took both pills." <laughs> and i don't know who originated that one but it was a hell of a damn meme so uh, it was pretty good it was pretty good so yeah no so yeah i kind of figured really you feel i mean so let, let's let it let's say you called somebody and told them hey man you probably ought to sell some corn here would they any of them ever say okay and they're like oh shit this guy called he called he must be serious yeah no, this is exactly what they'd say. Yeah, I mean, just, let's just assume it was up that day. Right. And I'm telling them, like, hey, it's going down tomorrow. You know, we're at there's some good levels. Out. Yeah. There, there's a report coming out. 19 out of 20 of those are bad. Right. They're bearish, whatever. Uh-huh. They'd be like, well, you know, it, it, you know, wheat can yeah. be 12, yeah. 50 or 13 bucks on 14 bucks on wheat. Uh-huh. What was our high? Well, you know, it might, it might get to 17. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really <laughs> think that? I had a guy like 12 years ago. He's he's passed away since then, but he had he kept one contract of wheat, and it got all the way to twelve dollars, and he sold it for six fifty. And the oh. whole time as it's coming down, he's going, "Well, you know, I still think it's going to get back over ten, but I still think it's going to get back over nine. And you're sitting there like, "Oh my gosh! If you would have sold that at twelve, you would have made twice the money." Yeah. I mean, he literally lost fifty percent of his money. <laughs> My advice to anybody when wheat is over twelve dollars, once it gets under ten fifty, sell. Or I mean, just, just sell. At the very least, sell and just buy some calls. Yeah. Yeah. If if the market ever moves one dollar in any direction, sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got grain, sell. Like, yeah. Take your medicine or yeah. go on vacation. Don't get greedy. <laughs> and don't whatever you yeah. do, don't wait for the round number. Yeah. If, if oh, it's yeah. six oh, ninety seven, yeah. don't wait for seven dollars. Don't favorite, do it. 
my favorite farmer quote of all time, and I can't remember if corn was at $5 or $6 or maybe even 7 This was about the same time period when grain was going crazy. Let's just say corn was at 6 bucks, And he's like, hey, this guy's farmer's like, hey, put me an order in to sell such and such at, at 6 bucks." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, if you put it in at five ninety nine and three quarters, you'd have much better chance of selling because it's got to do a whole lot to get right. break over 6 bucks. There's going to be... 10,000 orders at set at six. Oh, yeah. And he goes, word for word, he goes, yeah, but if I sold it at that, I couldn't tell yeah. I couldn't tell my neighbors that I sold it at six bucks. And I go, yeah. okay, well, he's doing, he's a big farmer. He's doing like 10. Uh-huh. He goes, I go, well, why don't you sell nine at this price, half a cent less or a quarter of a cent, whatever, and then sell one at six bucks. And if it covers, mm-hmm. you can still go out and Say whatever you want to say for, I mean, in the, literally you want to go brag on a quarter of a penny. Yeah. And so he's like, nope, put it in at six. And he calls back 20 minutes later and he goes, put nine of those in at five ninety nine and three quarters. And they covered that night. And a few days later, he covered his other one. So he's still got his bragging rights, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you the name after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, um, it's, and that's, I mean, if you, if pride is getting into your trading, you're already sunk. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you might as well line up the equipment now and call the, call five star because <laughs> it's like a, it's, it's, it's like with lawyers. What's the, what's the term? If, if, if you're a lawyer and you're representing yourself, you've you have got a, a fool for a client. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You got a fool for a client, right? Yeah. Same concept. And I mean, I'm guilty of all, almost all the cliches in trading, but and cliches, everybody hates to hear them, but there's the reason is, is because they're true. Yeah. I mean, they're true. They may be overused, but there's, that doesn't make them false. You know, pig, bulls get some, bears get some, pigs get slaughtered. I mean, you, know, you can, you can, you can say what you want about stereotypes, but farmer stereotypes, they're right on the freaking money. Oh God, man. It's a, uh, um, it's scary, yeah. And I mean, like I said, risk management. I mean, that's the thing about trading. I mean, we don't have to get off on trading and everything, but you know, the whole picking picking your trade is not near as important as managing it once you have it, because you could have a ten star trade you think on, and if you marry that thing, I mean, it's a pride deal at that point. You're gonna. You're gonna, you and your pride are gonna both be run over by a freaking Mac, uh, out on the highway, you know. And you know, uh, you can, you have, you have some farmers that they'll price grain, and then you know whatever. And then 2011 happens and they can't bring it in. Uh huh. And they price it four dollars and it goes to seven dollars and you know you got to pay the difference and they, they'll say, well, you know, this, this co-op should eat that difference. And you're like, okay, well let's say you priced it seven dollars and the market went to four dollars and you couldn't produce it. Does that mean I get to keep that three dollars? Well, no. You just have to do the right thing. You should you should pay that difference to me. <laughs> you're like, do you see what you're saying here? Yeah. So when the market goes down. You know, it's it's great for us, but when it goes up, I don't want to pay the difference. <laughs> oh, they don't want to pay the margin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, we saw a lot of that in 2011. Like, uh-huh. why do we have to pay this difference? Well, because you contracted corn. <laughs> yeah. You sold. Right. Yeah. You sold corn. Right. Just because I hit the button 
just doesn't mean you still didn't sell the corn. <laughs> yeah. Know. It's uh, yeah. No, I know. No, and I've been on a I don't know if I've ever had to come up with margin to y'all or not. I don't think I have, but um I guess we wouldn't do it for you. No, I know, <laughs> I know. I, I'm not that bad of a farmer, so you know it's a that's how good I am. But um yeah, no, it's um peep. You know, that's like I get on I get on YouTube and I watch all like I was watching these clips from um I was watching these clips from those Southwest Airlines um like reality shows they have and uh you know where these customers are just belligerent and pissed off and mad you know they didn't show up on time for the fly they were late well they had to go take a smoke or it's never ever 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 their fault uh landy do i need to fill you in because you walked away from the computer for a little while Sorry, i heard the front door open i thought my kid walked outside <laughs> okay well um let uh, let me uh, recap here for landon and all the other smoking are you still smoking grant <laughs> no um no i was watching one of these uh, youtube clips the last couple of days and they had that southwest airlines reality show where they film you know all these passengers all getting all pissed off because they got kicked off a plane or they overbooked or anyway late for the flight and i'm just like you know people call you up just any customer any job that has a customer <laughs> that's why i love farming because the only customer is the people that i never see but just bitching and complaining and belligerent and nothing, absolutely zero anything is their fault. It is all your fault. My F off meter, is, it's so, the, the tolerance is so tiny, like the needle doesn't even get off the peg from zero before I'm telling yeah. you to F off, you know? And I just, I don't know how you do it. I mean, I don't know if you have that or not, but like watching those shows or cops. You know, people are like just watching, or like watching watching a McDonald's employee where people jump over the counter and finally yeah, one yeah. of those employees that, that finally comes out with a stick or whatever and just beats the hell out of two people. I know, I know. I mean, I was happy to see that. So you know, um, every so every time I see that now, I um, I always think of the scene in Full Metal it's Jacket. Like ice bucket challenge. It's everywhere. Yeah. So it always reminds me of the scene. If somebody jumps over the counter, it always reminds me of the scene in Full Metal Jacket where uh, Private Pyle is in the bathroom getting ready to blow his head off. And um, Matthew Modine's character, he's in there, he finds him, and then wakes up the you know wakes up the drill sergeant. And, um, of course, he starts going off on his deal. He's like, why is Private Pyle out of his bunk? Why aren't you beating him? To, what does he say? Why aren't you shitting down his neck or something like that? You know, I'm like, that's yeah. what I would be screaming to this employee. Why aren't you oh, bashing no. his brains in or something like that? Anyway, it's um, what, which one was, was it? Waffle House that said that they encourage their employees to get like self-defense training. Or something. Oh, really? Didn't you post that video? Of no, I said I, I think every company should require at least oh, two oh, Louisville baby. sluggers under the waffle iron slash fryer. That's, That's what right. I said. <laughs> yeah, because I would think waffle irons would work just as good. But. <laughs> oh, God. Walk out of there with a freaking a cheek of waffle. waffle. <laughs> hey, it looks just like your wife's legs. <laughs> what was that one? Those customers caused $20,000 worth of damage and sent a guy to the hospital because they charged $1.75 for extra uh -huh. sauce. Extra sauce, yeah. Can't you just sneak in a bottle of ketchup? <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. We don't allow any outside ketchup. <laughs> That's a reason to go right there, Landon. If they won't even let you bring in your outside ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. No. People, it's the apocalypse cannot get here soon enough. But, yeah. yeah it's, uh, 
don't know. I've never, I mean, I've never been that angry. At a, I mean, I've been mad. Like, I've said it before. When I go to McDonald's and I don't get the wrong, if I get the wrong order or they get it just kind of wrong, my order wrong, I understand that going in. I understand that's a risk. You know, yeah. I mean, as long as I'm not getting a fillet of fish, I'm okay. You know, if they if they get me a quarter pounder instead of a whatever chicken sandwich, I get it. We're not dealing what if like me and what if you're like me and I get home and I've got like an extra two extra meals. You make it <laughs> like, home with food. Yeah, I don't make it out of the city limits with food. It's gone really? by the time I hit Walmart, dude. And <laughs> we don't live in time. New York. We live in Hereford. <laughs> yeah, we just have the the one light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it. Oh, uh, so we coming into church the other morning. We got pulled out. We were late for Sunday school, and I was freaking Real nice. I was rolling. I was rolling through town, and I was anyway. And I mean, if I didn't look up, I, we got to the set. I don't know when he started going coming behind me, but I got so pulled. This- it's always nice to break the law on the way to church, so you immediately have something to be forgiven for. <laughs> well, no, that you get out of it. It's like because he got me forty four and a thirty five, and he's like, "Sir, is there an emergency?" Yeah. Oh, nice. Anyway, so he goes, "Sir, is there an emergency?" I go, "Oh no, just late for church." When he told me my speed, because usually if they give you a warning, they won't tell you your speed because they don't want you to know how much the leeway they're going to give you. But um, anyway, so no, we're just late for church. She's like, all right, well, get your license insurance. We'll get you on your way anyways. Well, so we had an insurance card. Well, it was expired. I'm like, well, it's good. We just, that one, we didn't put the new one in here. So anyway, technology, Landon can't understand this, but I got on my phone and pulled it up and showed him and everything was cool. But anyway, um, yeah, so it was. um, I just recently learned what emojis are. Dude, I bet. I bet I've been pulled over 14 times in my life, maybe. Mm-hmm. Most of which were warnings. I think I've only had one ticket, but anyway. I still have yet to have a speeding ticket. I bet I've had one speeding ticket. I bet 13 out of 14 of those times I have had an expired insurance card. Oh, uh-huh. I don't well, know what it is. It's, it's like they freaking know. It's like there's some kind of like, like if you have that piece of paper in your car, like there's some kind of like thing that they can shoot and scan. And it's like, this guy's insurance is expired. I mean, they still have insurance. just as yeah. hard. So, um, so they can check it like they can check it on, on the radio mm. now. Well, the radio, their system was down. So we had, to, I had to, uh, I, I was actually pretty fast about it because I couldn't remember my password to farm bureau. So I had to reset my password and do all that. And, Anyway, but he's like, no. So I heard the dispatcher say, yeah, the uh, the uh, system is down. So I'm like, oh, all right. He's just going to let us go then. No, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> I guess I was going to go to jail if I didn't have my... Yeah. He's going to throw me kill up it, against the car. <laughs> spread him. Yeah. That would traumatize uh, my kids. But um, no, he was cool and everything. It, it, it's pretty cool to have, what, a $40, $40 million new jail and not be able to open it because you ain't got enough people to work there. You boys like Mexico? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, yeah, we should start posting Facebook. Man, Herford, Herford hasn't had an arrest in years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, $32 million for a jail, and we're paying fifteen. Palmer 000. County, 30000 a year to take our yeah. overflow. No, no 35000 a month. I, think, I mean a month. It? I mean a month. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ec- <laughs> economics 101. Here you go. Here's what not to do. Yeah. Right. Is that what you're talking about, Meow? (laughs) (laughs) 
Ten, I did a damn liter of cola. <laughs> I did notice. I drove by it today in the new jail that nobody sun occupied. That they did, they did, they did spray the rocks for weeds. So nice. This is where yeah. at at the new jail. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah. I wonder. You think you could at least open it up as like a hotel and like I know and like spend the night in like a like a jail, like a B like, like an Airbnb or something. <laughs> Put TVs, in, put TVs in every room. So let's say you're like the first uh, prisoners of the jail. Do you think they walk in there and go, man, this is nice. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm using an accent, check, out, <laughs> check out solitary. That's all nice. It's all clean. Is, I'm going to take the quickest shower ever before anybody else gets in here. <laughs> That's, yeah, <you're> kidding. <laughs> I drunk the soap and nothing happened. I I'm know. Just, yeah. Again, stereotypes, <laughs> and it's not a prison; it's just a jail. No, it's just a jail. But um, you don't want to hang out there on a weekend, so anyway. I can't I can't imagine those bathrooms being much worse than the bathrooms at Cowboy Stadium. But really, or or fast. Well, the Cowboys. time I went, I, oh. I had a experience. It is not. Well, they have TVs in there. I, I would take that. I back. I stand corrected. I would say they can't be any worse than the Hereford Junior High showers with the pole and the nozzles that nobody ever used. Oh, I know. I don't ever remember seeing one guy ever use the shower in the uh, at the junior high, which I don't know why you would have. But anyway, it's uh, now in Kansas City, I would think they'd have to use them. But Hereford, they just go roll in the dirt or something. Well, Landon, we're getting long on time here. So we're going to ask you, how do we find you on the Internet? Uh, no twit landing 44 and you can find me at trader brent that's all over the twitterverse and of course we're on the global ag network check all the great podcasts out on there and of course one more time check out our friend casey seymour that's the moving iron podcast moving iron llc he's got all kinds of great stuff he's got like a prime freaking badass guest today and um, you'll really want to check that out so um hey brent. hey brent did we talk about anything we were supposed to today no no we were going to talk about hunter biden and um, I guess we'll have to tune in next week. So we just yeah. started. We just started watching Twenty Four on Netflix just a minute ago, and like the very first, like I only saw the first, the last what three or four seasons. So my wife, she was big. She watched all of it back in college, but uh, we watched the first episode. And I'm sure she's probably already on hour four by now because she never waits to watch it with me. So what was that? What was that movie we watched where they're like? Just consider this to be like an episode of 24, except the name of the series would be called, oh, I don't know, one. <laughs> one? <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh, God. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. We're in the summer doldrums here, so we're taking it easy. Maybe we'll go play some golf or something. Landon, how'd the uh, Tierra Blanca go for you? Pretty horrible. Pretty horrible? Yeah. I saw your score. It looked like it was pretty tough. I birdied, I birdied 14 on my own. That was kind of nice. Sweet. Pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. Well, guys, we're going to get out of here. So, uh, yeah, check everybody out on that Global Egg Network, our friend Casey Seymour. We're going to get out of here. So until next time, y'all stay cool, y'all stay safe, and we'll ask you, what side of the line are you on? The Dryline Farmer Podcast, a member of the Global Ag Network. There's podcasts, and then there's this, the Dryline Farmer Podcast.